Welcome to episode 25 of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast. In this episode, we once again continue on with the AEW inaugural tag team tournament. But before we get into things, Laura, I believe you have a quick little shout out to do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this podcast is not the only thing that Hanzo and I are doing together. Uh, we hang out on each other's Twitch streams a lot. We've mentioned that we stream on Twitch before, but a few weeks ago we also started a co-op playthrough of the game Divinity Original Sin, the Enhanced Edition. I have never played it before, so it's like a blind first playthrough for me. And I've been posting the VODs of those streams to my YouTube channel. So if you like our conversation style, you want more content that we make, but you can't join a live stream, uh, feel free to check those out. Uh, I, I believe the link to my YouTube you can find on my Twitter. I post the links to the videos on my Twitter and yeah. So go check her out, Laura K four eight three. Go find them. Go watch them. Enjoy them. So the match we watched this week was Private Party, who we saw in the first ever match of the tournament against the Young Bucks, and Lucha Bros, who we saw um, two episodes ago beating Jurassic Express. So, Laura, your star rating, please. There was literally only one single thing that, like, detracted from my star ratings. This one's going to get pretty high. And it was the the useless, ineffectual ref who felt like the, the mother you see when their child's having, like, a meltdown or, like, behaving horribly potent. They're just like, Billy, stop and like barely even trying it's like oh i'm shaking in my boots mom like oh this this felt like the wrestlers were like the children and the ref was that mom he was just useless and wasting his breath and it bugged me but other than that i loved the match it felt like one of the most athletic matches we'd seen in a long time and it was really short but it didn't feel short because there was just so much like content in it they did so much stuff and not once did they ever look as tired as half the people pretend to look in certain other promotions even though they were like literally flipping and running around all over the place so i give it a four and a half out of five stars i think the only matches i would say is like i up there with this level i liked better would be the kenny omega and okada matches or and the ibushi omega match those would be it what about Shibata Okada? <laughs> the best no, because no, that one was like really, really long. So that also, and that one was just brutal to watch. And the guy actually like it ruined his career afterwards. There's lots of things that kind of like, it's a great match, but I don't walk away from it as pure like that was epic as like this one kind of thing, you know? Fair enough. You enjoyed this match a lot more than I did. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Because um, for me... This match sort of showed the difference between the Luch Bros and the Young Bucks and why I think the Young Bucks are sort of a bit of a better tag team. Because both of them now have had a match against Private Pie, right? Mm. And they were both good matches. But, like, the Lucha Bros one, this one, was just sort of non-stop action, just move after move after move That's after move. That's why I liked it. Yeah, yeah, but, like, this is where I'm going, is, like, <laughs> it was just non-stop action, just non-stop moves, and they were fucking incredible moves. Yeah. But there was no story or anything. Whereas when the Young Bucks had the match against Pride Party, it still had that insanely fast pace, it still had all the crazy action, insane moves, but also had, like, story thrown in. 
You know what I mean? And it's just that little addition of just a bit of story in the Young Bucks match, you know what I mean? Just sort of, to me, elevates it that bit higher than the one against the Lucha Bros. That makes sense. But I feel like maybe because I don't usually get the story, like I need to be told the story afterwards anyway, so I wasn't missing it as much because for someone who actively follows these things and is invested in that, that makes a difference. Whereas I'm mostly here just purely for the like wrestling i guess so that i I guess that's why that didn't affect me like i didn't even notice or i didn't miss the lack of story until you pointed it out now i'm like oh yeah i agree and i do think the young bucks match now like comparing was probably better but as far as just in the moment immediate enjoyment i just liked anytime there's just a high degree of athleticism or just like that much more moves that many more moves put into the match i just get a bit more immediate gratification from it i guess one thing one thing that i think really elevated this match and took it above maybe the level it sort of should have been was the fucking crowd holy shit that one point they were chanting something i couldn't tell what they were chanting. it sounded like they were almost were chanting aew but that's clearly not what they were chanting because it was a three syllable chant but i couldn't tell what it was i was gonna ask they chanted all sorts they chanted aew they chanted sierra miedo you know the no fear maybe they were chanting aew when i they chant they chanted like they had dueling chants all the time like private party lucha bros private party lucha but they were just so loud the whole match and just never let up at all Which is something we commented on before, where if the crowd is super into it, you just sort of, like, get dragged along for the ride, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, correct me if I'm wrong, is this, this is the match with the most quote-unquote flippy shit that we've probably watched, right? At least it feels like it. It's definitely the match with the most flippy shit yeah. we've watched it in AEW. It just was relentless. It was never-ending. I can't remember what matches we watched from other promotions that might have had more flip shit, but this is definitely the most we've seen from AEW. But I promise you, we are going to watch matches with more flip shit. Oh, wow. That is a promise. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But, yeah. Also, I think the other thing I liked about this match, and uh, I can go into it a bit more when we're going through notes, is even though right away, I like the match, I'm like, Lucha Bros are going to win. And I just... I felt like I knew that, but I still enjoyed the match, and I felt like Private Party did so well, and there was one specific moment when we're doing notes uh, that, like, kind of cemented this, but it felt like they both won to me as a viewer at the end. Like, they both did a lot, and the Lucha Bros clearly had, I don't know, like, the experience and the, the edge going into it, so the fact they just put up as good a fight as they did felt like they won anyway and i think that's probably the best outcome aw could have wanted for a viewer to have because then neither team you know looks weak you don't lose either investment or like respect or like just fandom levels of appreciation for any of the wrestlers so that's also a thing i liked about the match was it didn't feel like it never felt one-sided at any point even though i knew lucha bros were gonna win it didn't feel like there wasn't like the wrestling made it look like that i just knew that intellectually not because they choreographed that into the match yeah it's one of those things where um 
It's one of the hardest things to do as a wrestling company is someone has to lose each match. You can't just have draws all the time. You yeah. know, that'd be boring. Someone needs to lose. So you need to find a way to have people lose and not look weak. You know what I mean? And like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head here that like private party lost, but they came out of it bigger stars than they went in. You know, and yeah, that's exactly. like that's what you want. Like you want both teams to come out looking good, you know? Yeah. And this was just one of the matches that I think did that really well compared to some we've watched. Like so yeah, that's my my overall impressions. One extra thing I'll note that's like overall rather than a specific note is I don't think you'll have picked up on this as much because once again you, you don't know necessarily what to look out for and stuff. But in this match, much, much more than when they faced the Young Bucks, you could tell how green Private Party were. There oh, were a really? few moments when they were there, just oh, sort of stood moment. in the ring looking around, like, you know, not knowing what to do. And there's a few moments where they did stuff that was just totally, like, unnecessary and didn't really do anything. It was all, like, you know, it's all like, like, they were a bit... They didn't have that fluidity, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes when they were going from spot to spot, they looked a bit like lost sheep, you know? like I didn't necessarily notice that, but there was one moment where I did note that I was like, all right, private private party, your, your, your youth is showing here, uh, and we'll get to it when we go through notes. But yeah, it so... wasn't so much in-between stuff. It was there were two other little things that just for a moment made me catch that impression. Yeah, and like, like I say, you know, like... Lucha Bros and Young Bucks are two of the absolute best tag teams on the planet right now in any company, right? Yeah. But I've I've always been a bit more of a bigger fan of the Young Bucks, and I sort of rate them as the better team. And that's another sort of reason why is like we once again we've seen both teams now face Private Party. Yeah. And when they faced the Young Bucks, Private Party totally like held up their end and didn't look green at all. Like the Young Bucks somehow totally worked with them and pulled an insane match out of this you know, green team, whereas in this match they did, like, it It slipped. It wasn't horrible. You know, like, it, y- y- you'd have to be an experienced viewer to sort of notice it, and even then, it didn't detract from the match, but it was there. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it was it was noticeable. Yeah. But yeah, that's just, you know, like I say, just another overall point. Oh, actually, I've got one more overall point. I'm just dominating these overall points. Last point is, watching these early AEW episodes mm-hmm. has really made me realise just how much AEW has improved since it started. Yeah. Because when I'm watching it live, like, I don't notice. You know what I mean? Because I'm watching it week to week and it's really hard to notice improvement week to week. But when I now jump all the way back to the first, like, couple of episodes, I'm like, holy shit, has it gotten so much better. You know, like... The main thing is the camera work. There was yeah. a lot of moments in this match where the camera just totally missed the move it was meant to be capturing. And there's, like, none of that anymore. Like, the camera work is I so good I feel like I probably didn't pick up on that because I even noted just in my notes a few moments where I just missed stuff because I was so busy just, like, typing. And then it just keeps happening. It doesn't stop in this match. So maybe that's why that didn't really... I didn't catch any of that because I was already missing stuff. So it didn't... If I missed anything, also, I blamed it on me, not the camera work, basically. There were also moments where a wrestler would go to do a move, and as the move was about to land, the camera would cut. 
And that is the camera cut in wrestling that annoys me more than <laughs> any other. Because you just sort of miss the move. You know what I mean? Like, your brain can't comprehend what it just saw because of the sudden jarring camera cut, yeah. you know? I know, I still think one of the greatest, greatest camera cuts, and of course by greatest I mean, like, you're an idiot, this is a dumb mistake of all time, is, like, much-beloved wrestler who's been out of the scene for ages comes back in a Royal Rumble and then you cut away from his entrance. <laughs> like... That still gets me. Just thinking about it. I'm like, really? Who got fired for that? Who got fired for this? Someone better have gotten fired. A guy people thought would never ever join WWE. Debuts in WWE. Should be one of the largest moments ever in WWE history. Camera doesn't even look good. Camera cuts away. <laughs> oh god. Anyway. It's the best. Um, shall we start going through actual notes then? Yeah. So like my first note was, if I was a betting gal, my money is on Lucha Brothers. And clearly, I would have won some big money. Maybe not big, because I'm sure their odds wouldn't have been great, because they were favorites. But And then I wrote, I'm calling that one private party guy Pom Pom Head, because of his haircut. But then I actually used his real name in all my notes. So I'm disappointed in myself. But I enjoy the Pom Pom haircut. It literally looks like someone took the arts and crafts, little Pom Poms, little, little poofs, and just glued them on his head. And I, I'm here for it. I'm about it. Their whole aesthetic in general, I'm like, especially compared to Lucha Bros, are all like scary, intimidating. One guy looks like he should be in a metal band, and then they're just like, don't know whether they're gay fashion icons or just dudes going to a club or both. Like, I'm here for it. I still love the tails, the tails on the one guy's outfit. Like, no sleeves, no shirt, but you got tails, because you still got to be fancy. One bit that really annoyed me is when we watched them against Young Bucks, we commented how much the tails added to like the shooting star press and made it yeah. look like he was floating through the air. And then in this match, when he goes to do the shooting star press, he takes the tails off before he goes for it. Oh, I know. I was like, no, <laughs> leave them on. But oh well. They're still pretty banging, even if he takes them off at good moments. Um... And then, yeah, first I was, well, we're just starting with all sorts of jumps and flips and kicks all over the place. I can't even begin to try and describe or name most of these moves. That was just a fast beginning. Like, just running around all over the place, man. No exaggeration. The second kick in the match, the camera misses. Oh my god. The camera missed the second move in the match, which is kind of impressive. Pretty much. Uh, and then my next one, nice drop kick from Private Party, but it seems to have made the guy mad because he comes back with a really good suplex. Like, there was just... And those happened, like, within a second of each other. Like, there's just no... a lot. There, none of the... What you see a lot of times, like, wrestlers, like, milking the recovery time at that moment. Like, they're just immediately going for the next thing, which I enjoy because I'm not about all that wasted time, like, sitting around the ring... E- emoting i guess particularly the beginning at the end i guess because there's fatigue and like more so but at the beginning no this is what i want i want it just to start i want it to go and i want just to bring the pace up to 100 like right away but then and this then we're starting to get into all the ref stuff that bugged me uh so we're already in a 2v1 moment ref how about you do your job and don't just be mad because the ref was doing a lot of yelling at people and a lot of looking really upset but not ever actually getting them to listen to him and it also started really early on. At first, it was Lucha Bros. Then eventually, it was Private Party. And very early in the match, it was like both teams decided no one actually cares about the ref. We're going to have as many people in the ring as we want whenever we want. 
and they threw the tagging rule out the window like real early. But I didn't really get annoyed with the wrestlers. I got annoyed by the ref because he looked like he was at the same time trying so hard to enforce the rules while also not trying hard at all. And it was just really weird and I hated it. And I just wanted to be like, go sit down, sir. You're not needed. It's another one of those things where going back to these earlier ones, I can see how much it's improved. And that's one area is how much they've, you know, like made the tag matches, like make way more sense. Like, you know how I stand, where I stand on this. Like I, I'm all for the like more chaotic tag matches, but there was a moment in this match where even the commentators didn't know who the legal man was. Yeah, and I think and they're when like, even... oh, it's that guy, it's that guy, it's, it's Pentagon Jr. They had to, like, re-figure it out. Yeah, and it's like, if even your commentators don't know who the legal man is, you might be taking it a bit far, <laughs> you know? Like... Yeah, and also, like, I'm all for that happening, but I feel like towards the end, because then it, it feels like the match naturally descending into, like, controlled chaos, I guess, because as you get more frantic, especially because there's a 20-minute time limit, and this ma- these matches in particular... A tie break. A tie means you're both eliminated. So it would make sense that you'd get more and more frantic, and you'd throw the rule book out the window, like towards the end of the match. But when you're doing it right away, then it's just annoying. Then you're just being a bratty child, like to me in my head, who just wants to ignore the rules and things that don't apply to you. So, and then the ref just made it worse. Normally, I would get annoyed at the wrestlers, but the ref was just so ineffectual, and the ref also looked like a child throwing a tantrum. Half the time. While also, like I said, being reminding me of that, that mom who does nothing while their child does throw a tantrum. Um, One thing I do like that they do these days, which they couldn't have done in these early days because every tag match was crazy. But one thing they do now is that the young, like the Lucha Bros have a thing where their tag matches are always a bit more chaotic than anyone else's. And they justify it because they're a tag team from Mexico, where in Mexico that aren't tags, you know, like, like, as soon as one person leaves the ring, the other's automatically sort of counted in the ring, you know what I mean? Like, you don't actually yeah, have to and tag I did, them. Yeah, I did catch the commentators saying that, but it was, like, way later in the match, like, the, the 2v1 started, like, the ganging up started really early, and it took until about halfway through, I think, for the commentators to make that point. And the thing is, like, that point doesn't make any sense when every tag match is bonkers. Yeah, like, but it's like, not just in them sort of modern it. A, yeah, but in modern AEW, where most tag matches are now controlled and they actually do the 10 count and stuff like that, do you, like, Lucha Bros having the more chaotic matches and, you know, getting a bit of leeway on the rules and stuff, it makes them unique. It makes their matches stand out a bit more. And there's sort of a logical reason for it as well. So I like that as an idea, but like I say, it's not something that you can really pull off in early AW where every tag match is chaotic. Yeah. But in theory, it could make them like stand out. It could make their matches, you know, more unique than the other tag teams. You know what I mean? Like make them a bit different. Yeah. 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 Uh, more of the ref being mad, the ref yelling and the ref looking ineffectual. I have lots of notes on the ref. Um, and so that was some amazing height that Mark, a.k.a. Pom Pom Head, got on that double kick move thing. I don't know what it's called. But he, when I say double kick, I think it's because he got both of them. He got, because there was two in the ring at that point, because the chaos started early. And he got both members of Lucha Express with some aerial thing. And he got some insane height to do it. Clearly my notes were not good enough, because I can't describe it enough to see if you get the part I'm talking about. 
But either way, he got a lot of hype on a. On I do. Game. I do remember. I actually have a note that says Mark Quinn gets fucking air to the outside. Yeah. yeah yep. So and that and that happened a lot throughout the match, just from everyone too, not just them. Like even the Lucha Brothers, who look a bit like you know more heavyweight, more clunky, like that. It's more even more impressive almost when they do it. Dude, Phoenix is fucking incredible. Yeah. Like some of the shit he pulls off, like the way he like literally there's a part where he literally runs across the rope. Like what? Yeah. Well, my next note was about Phoenix, and he did this twice, where he does this thing where he like. One time he purposely did it going into the ropes. The first time it's like they threw him into the ropes, but he like catches himself in the ropes and then hooks back out of the ropes into a kick. And they called it a hook kick, I think. But it looked really cool. And I was, I, I dug it. And it happened twice in the match, I think. This was the first time. And uh, yeah, again, the next one, lots of athleticism in this match. I'm digging it. Just wish the ref wasn't so useless. And then I was so busy, because I, I have so many notes about the ref. I'm just not saying, I was so busy bitching about the ref, I missed some epic aerial shit that took two wrestlers into the apron. Thanks a lot, ref. Is my note. Just blaming him for me missing things. But I was telling I was going to say, you like, can't oh. blame the ref for your inability to I mean, I can. I can, because you know what? There's a whole paragraph. I have literally a paragraph of notes on this ref that I'm just paraphrasing right now. And I was so busy being mad at him, because he made me that annoyed that I missed it. But something cool happened that involved aerodynamics and two wrestlers going into the apron. I missed it. I just saw them landing in the apron and the crowd being excited. But it happened. I was like, now there's things happening in the ring when the other two are in the apron? Who's the active guy right now? I'm confused. There was a moment where... um, I don't know if it's around here, but like where Phoenix... Do you have a note on this where Phoenix stomps onto Mark Quinn's oh, back? Oh, yep, that's coming up. That hasn't happened yet. Okay. In my notes. I have that. that... We need to talk about that. <laughs> yep. We're almost there, though. Um, then there's like, the thing where Isaiah flipped over the ropes onto his teammate's back and then flipped back into the ring. And he did that, like, what I call the Black Widow move because it's from Iron Man 2, where he, like, wraps the legs around the neck and, like, swings around and, like, pulls the guy down to the ground. It was, it was, it just looked, the whole sequence looked really cool because a lot of things had to happen to set that move up, but it didn't look like, like, it didn't look like Mark was, you know, po- like posing in the apron and waiting for the guy to land on his back. Like, it, that part did happen with a lot of fluidity, like you mentioned earlier, and it just looked really cool. And it didn't feel like, it didn't feel the, the fake wrestle cool. It felt like authentic and it felt, um, organic, which is really hard to do in a wrestling match. So I give them props for that. And then again, another note about how fast-paced the match was in terms of moves. And then one part where Pentagon Jr. just does like a kick to the back of Mark's knee. And I was like, I heard that. And the guy just went down. Because you know, anytime you get hit to the back of your knee, your knee just kind of folds, right? From that impact. But like, I, I, I heard that impact. And the whole crowd was like, ooh. And it just looked brutal. And then we get to the note of Phoenix jumping off the rope onto Mark's back slash shoulder slash neck, I wrote. And then they showed it in slow motion. And I was like, don't. I don't need to see that. That hurts. Stop. And then they cut to a guy in the audience also, like, physically cringing. And I'm like, that guy is me right now. I feel that the f- guy. The thing is, like, a lot of wrestling moves, when they show it in slow motion, you're like, oh, that one's so bad. This one somehow looked worse in slow motion. It I'm did. like, what? Oh, it did. I feel I feel footprints on my back right now, thinking about it. Like, it's, ugh. 
ugh. And there's only so many ways. All you can really do is know that that's coming. And the minute you try and feel any impact, like, bend even lower. So you move with the impact to absorb it. But, like, there's only so much you can do. Gravity, the guy's moving fast. Like, his back is still relatively straight when he lands on him. Just, ugh. Ugh. And then immediately after that, private party mover that he lifts the guy onto his shoulders after he immediately had his shoulders jumped on by a massive dude. I'm like, that must be hurting right now. Like, Im- imagine when you've had something heavy ever, like, fall on your body part. Now imagine putting another heavy object wil- willfully on that body part before you've had time for that impact to pass. Like, ow. Ow, ow, ow. When you say it many times, wrestlers are secretly robots. Yep. Disguised to look like humans. Yep. Uh, and then they have a whole thing where it reminds me of like when we'd play like chicken in the pools, teenagers, where someone's in the water and someone sits on their shoulders and you try and knock the other person off the other person's shoulders. Highly unsafe. Do not do. If you're a teenager listening, don't do it. People get hurt. But that's what they're basically doing now, just without the pool and without the water. Because then he put private party, Mark put Isaiah on his shoulders and the Lucha Brothers were like, all right. And they just copied him and then did something to knock Isaiah off his shoulders. And then we get, I think it was a moonsault, like a backwards moonsault from Ray Phoenix into the apron to land on one of the dudes. And again, just very light looking and very delicate looking for a large man. And <laughs> well, Phoenix isn't very large, just so you know. He's actually quite Okay, small. but large for a wrestler. He's still a large man based compared to the average. Human. No, no, he's he's actually quite small, is Ray Phoenix. Really? Yeah. Um, but he didn't look that much one. smaller than the other ones. Like, he doesn't look like Marco Stunt small. That's what I could say. Oh, yeah, he's not. Yeah, but Marco Stunt's small by anyone's standards. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so this, uh, this guy is not only small for a wrestler, no, he's no, still Ray, a big Ray, man for normal people. Ray Phoenix is five foot nine. Oh. Like, he's really, he's really not big at all. But maybe I'm biased since I'm a giant. I was gonna say you're like, you're, what? What are you at? Like, like six I'm six four? foot six, so six, I'd be six. considered tall yeah. even no. by wrestler standards. No. That is large. Like, like five foot nine, still like taller than my boyfriend. No, that's a large person. He's f- average height is six foot, so he is not large. Get out of here. Well, whatever. I choose to see him that way, and large but, meaning um, large meaning muscular, not large meaning you know any negative connotation just but, um, in case anyone's about to come for me but um one of the things um about it was like not only did he do the like cool looking moonsault that like you say seemed to just sort of float through the air but he got into it by jumping up onto like the middle rope and then jumping up from the middle rope onto the top rope it's like how how did you even just do that with the force of will and lots of muscles. And then we have more angry ref yelling. And then more Laura ranting about the angry ref yelling for no reason. Uh, not no reason. Like, there's a reason for him to be yelling. But there's no reason for him personally to do it. Because no one's listening to him. And no one cares. Um, and then we had uh, another Hurricane Rana move. Which always looked, you know, crowd pleaser. Solid time. And then there's our private party really like using their legs to like grab and flip people. Like, they use their legs a lot more than their arms. To do things. Which, like, fair play. Your legs are the strongest muscle in your body. Makes more sense, right? Go for it. Uh, and then we get uh, Isaiah Cassidy with a nice... I just wrote a nice sweep of Pentagon in the apron and immediately back into the ring to deal with Phoenix. There was a while where it was like they... 
Mark was like out. He was like winded or something. He was like chilling by the turnbuckle, like catching his breath. And Isaiah was up on his own, and, and Lucha Brothers had done the like screw rules, screw, screw tags. Both of us are going to gang up on you now. Um, I Isaiah had a salt. This was the moment where I was like, I see Private Party as winning this match, even if they lose for this moment, because Isaiah held his own and was like apron ring, apron ring, apron ring, and for a while just pulling off some sick moves on both members of Lucha Bros and dealing like some damage, and it was just very impressive. And we're like far into the match, so he's also not like fresh off like energy wise to be doing this. So that was one of the moments. That was like the main moment I decided that I was like, I, they both come out of this winners in my head. Cause it's just impressive. If you remember the part I'm talking about. Um, I don't, but you know, it's, it's so cool watching a wrestling show that actually knows how to make people look good in defeat. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's refreshing. <laughs> and then we got another one of those rope, like hook kick things from Phoenix that he did earlier on. Looked pretty cool. And I was like, oh, tables have turned. Now private party or 2v1-ing Phoenix. And the ref is just yelling some more. Because most of the time there was the 2v1 going on. It was Lucha Bros ganging up on a member of private party. And it was nice to see, since we're abandoning these rules, them do the opposite. And then Phoenix got both of them with one move. And I don't, I don't know what it was called. But he managed to get one of them, like, slammed down in their back. One of them slammed down in their stomach. And I was just like, well played, sir. Well played. Um, oh, yeah, the reason you won't know what he did, he did a gory bomb and a leg drop. That. That. Yes, I remember the ref saying that now. That. It looked cool. And then, uh, where'd I go? Where'd I go? There we go. And then, this is the part you mentioned, like, private parties, their inexperienced shows. Uh, I had one of those moments just after that, because then Mark from Private Party tried to get a pin on one of the Lucha Bros, and it looked like Mark stood up like a half second before the guy actually kicked out and the ref only ended it too because he was anticipating it. And it looked like it was just, it was a bit off the timing. Like I was like, I feel like he hadn't actually started kicking out yet or he was just about to and you were just like a hair early, but I saw it and it threw me off. And so I was like, careful there. People might start to think wrestling is fake. Wink <laughs> in my notes. But that's one of those moments that just yeah. makes you think of your comment about their inexperience earlier. Uh, other times were whenever Ray Phoenix went and did that like sweep in the ropes hook kick thing, both times he did it, Private Party didn't seem to know how to like respond to it. They both just sort of stumbled around in the ring like lost yeah. sheep. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Mark did a, a backflip just to kick the guy. Totally necessary backflip for what was basically a chop, but with your leg. Totally necessary. Gotta do it. The craziest thing is, it wasn't just a backflip to do a kick. Dude jumped higher than, like, the other guy's head just to, like, kick it. Like, dude flew. Like, but I've yeah, never I seen was, someone jump expecting... that high just from standing. Like, but Yeah, but then once he started, like, once he hit the peak of his height, I expected something bigger, then he just lands with, like, a kick, and I was like, alright, like, fair play. It'll add momentum to the kick, but I still am surprised you ex ex exerted that much effort for a kick this late in the match. Well, that's the thing. Um, normally, when people do that kick, it's almost like a... The way people normally do that is that to style a kick where you kick backwards, like, over your head. Yeah. Is you do it almost like you're just falling back. Like, you just flick backwards and kick them on the way back. Mm -hmm. But because he jumped as he did it and jumped, like, a mile up into the air, it just sort of looked a bit weirder, you know? <laughs> like. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then more of the ref telling them no, and no one's listening. And then the ref cringes when they follow through. He did a thing where he like cranked his arm back. Um, and, as, and if he'd actually like, you know, if it was a real life like combat situation, he'd follow through with it. He probably could have like fucked up his shoulder, or broke something, but he didn't. But it still looked pretty uncomfortable. And people and the ref like full body cringes, and the ref grabs his own arm. And I'm like, all right, ref, you're supposed to be paying attention to the match, not getting caught up in it like like an audience member right now. I don't know. It just I it actually really like. I, I really like when that sort of stuff happens. It's one thing we comment on, like sort of red shoes and uh, that female ref for. I miss red shoes. Is like reacting to the match and like like you're part of this match. You should sell how brutal or how insane the match is. You know what I mean? Like the refs, like selling the match is part of the refs' job as well. You know what I mean? Like they're there. They should also come. Well, I want them it. to react to it and like sell. But there was something about the way he sold it that just looked. It I think also very it cheesy, might be. I guess it might also be part of your already annoyed at him. You know, that like, too. That too is very true. If another ref, if I hadn't, if another ref had done it, maybe it wouldn't have bugged, like seemed as awkward because I wasn't so annoyed. But yeah, and then the Lucha Bros win. Um, did they do their finisher to do, or do they have a finisher? Because like yeah, it they didn't do. seem it's, like any. It's where. Uh, Pentagon picks them up into like pile driver, and Phoenix stomps on them into the pile driver. Okay. That's their finisher. Did that happen? Yeah, it was how they oh, finished okay, the match. Okay. Thought so. Just make because I again I don't know what the finishers are, so I have to ask because I'm not not educated. There was a but... bit where, like um, you know that match that bit where we said that uh, that the, even the commentators didn't know who to cheer for. Yeah. That was actually when. Private party hit their finisher. But on you know the where, guy? yeah, where Matt Quinn flicks them off of the top rope, oh, yeah, and yeah. Isaiah Cassidy catches them into like the cutter. That's yeah. their finisher, but like you say, it was on the wrong guy. That's kind of hilarious. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, again, like Lucha Bros win. I consider Private Party winners for their performance. So that's a pretty perfect outcome for AEW. So kudos to them for crafting a match that that's the feeling I was left with at the end. And now my question is, do I think like that because I am like fringes of fandom? I'm wondering if people that are diehard fans and have watched like everything and know these wrestlers very well would feel the same way was what I was wondering at the end of the match. So uh, a little hint for you. Everyone knows Lucha Bros. Everyone loves Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros are over everywhere they go. People love them. So they're going to be stars no matter what happens, basically. But genuinely, before Private Party signed with AEW, nobody fucking knew who they were. Like, they didn't even wrestle in somewhere like PWG where, like, hardcore fans, you know, are going to spot them or out like that. They literally only wrestled in, like, small local indies and stuff like that. So... Like, people genuinely didn't know who they are. Even a lot of hardcore wrestling fans had no idea who Private Party were before they signed with AEW. And after this tournament, people were like, holy shit, these guys have a bright future ahead of them. Like, these guys look great. Like, yeah, they look a little green, but, like, they're having matches this good already. Like, when they, like, get the fundamentals down a bit more and, like, learn a bit more that, like, improvisation in matches and storytelling, like, they could be fucking incredible, you know? So, yeah, people, like... More hardcore wrestling fans genuinely had that same feeling of like, yeah, Private Party got eliminated in the tournament, but it came out of it looking like fucking stars. Which is perfect 
for them. Because also, like, I feel like if Private Party had won... Like, watching that match, I would have bought Private Party winning because I do think they did really well and were physically at a similar level. But I think long-term, probably people would have been, like, really... Because the Lucha Bros are so known and so over and private party already beat the young bucks who also are so yeah. beloved and so i think if they did it twice in a row people would have been like all right you're trying a bit too hard to make us exactly like, to push with, these guys. With, with, with things like upset victories they're good when they're done sparingly you can't yeah. just keep doing upset victories over and over again over the stop sort of being upsets you know or to become unbelievable yeah so yeah i think it was a pretty well crafted match if we had got like one of the refs we really like in there i think it would have been for me, pretty darn close to perfect match. I do think maybe if there could have been some a bit more story elements now that you pointed that out. But as someone who is a very passive observer of the story anyway, I didn't miss them that much at all. It had to be pointed out to me. And now I'm like, oh, I kind of miss them. But in the moment, meh. Yeah. And uh, so the next match. So that puts Lucha Bros now in the finals. Um, and the next match is SoCal Uncensored versus The Dark Order to determine who goes to face them in the finals. Yeah. SoCal Uncensored, you saw in the first round against Best Friends, is where the guy got taken out before the match and the other guy had to step in with no shoes and wearing his street clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dark Order, you haven't seen yet. So it'll be for your first ever experience with The Dark Order. I am Order. intrigued to see to see them wrestle and see what it's like. Just because their name alone is, like, a loaded... I know. The Dark Order. Right? Like, it sounds like a friggin', like, an enemy in The Witcher. Not a wrestling tag team. It sounds like someone out of fucking Kingdom Hearts. Yes! Oh my god. It does. I still need to play the Remind DLC, but I can't afford it. But yeah, so, um... Yeah, we didn't have sort of too many notes on that one. There wasn't too much to say. It was just a fast-paced, high-action match where the right team won and both teams came out looking strong yeah you know and you want to watch a lot of people get a lot of air and i think the match. fact i think the fact that we've seen both teams before sort of hinders like so a lot of times when we see people for the first time a lot of our notes are on the fact it's our first time seeing them and comment on like how they look and how they wrestle and stuff like that. but we, we've seen how both these teams look and how they wrestle before you know what i mean so it's you know, you just sort of, you, you don't want to just repeat the same notes over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, short but sweet match. And yeah, it, it didn't feel too short. Like the Jurassic Express Lucha Bros one, my note there was, oh my God, that was so, felt like it felt short because it just didn't feel as, the, the, like it was short in minutes, but this one was short in minutes, but had a lot more just content in that time. The other yeah. one felt like there was a bit more like lulls to it and stuff. Do you want to know the actual difference in time between this and the Jurassic Express one? Is it like a minute or something like that? It was even? one minute longer was this match. Yeah, and see, the Jurassic Express one felt way shorter. Yeah. Well, um, this so far was the second longest match in the tournament. The longest one being private party young books okay so but like you say when things are going a million miles per hour it doesn't feel sort of long or short you know what i mean exactly. like this it sort of neutralizes at the time but i think sort of like that like 10 to 15 minutes is sort of a really good length for like just a tv wrestling match you know what i mean like long matches can be good and stuff in the right circumstances like uh 
the sort of final match in the Kenny Omega Okada feud. Like that needs to. You can't have a fucking like end of that, that feud in fourteen minutes. Yeah, you exactly. know, like. But when exactly. it's just like a TV tournament match, like. 10 to 15 minutes is such a nice sweet spot, you know what I mean, where everyone gets to do their thing and you get to tell a bit of story, but it doesn't overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so next uh, next week, next week, are we doing an episode next week? Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, um, I think we should be able to do one next week. Okay, so next week we will watch um, the last ep- uh, last match in the semifinals. We will get to see the Dark Order for the first time. And then we've only got the finals left, and we can sort of move on to something else. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. Remember Laura's shout out at the start. Go check out her YouTube at Laura K four eight three. Go check her out on Twitter and Twitch Laura K four eight three. Go check me out on Instagram at Hanzo Kurosawa, and follow the podcast itself on Twitter at MAM Wrestling. And if you have any questions, any feedback, or anything like that. Just throw it our way and we'll, you know, answer it on an episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening.